And welcome back to Love at First Contact. I am Sam, and joining me is... Your fiancé. What's your name, though? Safai. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome back to another week of our adventure through the Star Trek timeline. This week, we had a pretty great episode. It's called uh, Enemy Within. Uh, a quick rundown on the episode. Basically, they beam down to a planet. They beam back, and... Oh, transporter malfunction. Uh, two Kirks, two puppies, uh, one ensign covered in weird yellow dust. Uh, it was a pretty good episode. Um, probably one of my favorite of the original series because it's it's the most Star Trek-y of Star Trek. Uh, transporter malfunctions are something that'll continue, and that's why this episode's part of our rewatch. This is the first transporter malfunction episode, the first transporter clone episode, and the first time someone is split into two different people. Wait, this happens more than once. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> so the tra- they just don't fix the transporter, just keeps breaking down well in the future the transporter clones won't be so evil like uh brad boimler of lower decks fame will get split into two but i mean the transporter is breaking down they don't think they have a backup it it breaks constantly they don't think they have a backup i mean they do they have multiple transporters well not on the enterprise this enterprise but on future enterprises they'll have multiple transporters and then they also have the shuttlecraft which are strategically not used in this episode so I'm guessing all, all the shuttles were away on some kind of mission or something. Or broken. It just wasn't irrelevant. It was just, I don't think it was part of the script yet. That's dumb. I know. The, we'll get to there, though. I don't know if uh, if it's season one or season two when the shuttles start playing a role, but we will start seeing shuttles soon. And the shuttles of the original series are pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so transporter malfunctions. Uh, there's a weird dog costume and stuff, so we'll get to all that. <laughs> um, yeah. So this has been an interesting week for Star Trek. I, I kind of, I, I've noticed in our episodes I like to do a little rundown of the news of Star Trek uh, that we get each week, because we live in a pretty glorious time for Star Trek fans. We've got Discovery, Picard, Lower Decks, um, and, you know, a whole bunch of other Star Treks in production that we don't even know about yet. Um, not to mention that we're recording this the week of Star Trek Chicago, which neither of us will be at despite being close to Chicago. Um, it's a missed opportunity for me because I really want to go, but it's too expensive. I'm busy. Um, and you're busy. Uh, but yeah, so anyone uh, who is, well, when this episode comes out, Chicago will still be going on. So if you're still at Star Trek Chicago, hope you're having a great time. And if you're just getting home from Star Trek Chicago, I hope you had a great time. Um, but I'm sure we'll get a lot of great news. But uh, we're recording on none other than First Contact Day, April 5th, 2022. And uh, we got some great news today. The entire main cast of Star Trek The Next Generation will be returning for Star Trek Picard Season 3, which is the last season of Picard. So, so it's just a big send-off to the, the TNG crew. Um, this, in all honesty, might be the last time we see everybody on film uh, together. You know, uh, it'll be the first... Wow, it'll be the first time since Nemesis that the entire Next Generation cast has been in a Star Trek episode together. And that means a lot to me. As, as a person who grew up with the, with the TNG movies and reruns of TNG and Worf on Deep Space Nine, I mean, it's really just going to be great to see everybody back together for one more galactic adventure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sniffling. It's allergies. okay. I mean, I've sniffled through every episode because I've had a yeah. cold or something or just allergies. But and like, this is really cold in our house. It's cold down here in the recording studio. <laughs> The recording studio is really cold. It's in my office in the basement, and my office has a bad tendency to be cold. I've got the heater on, it just doesn't work. Anyway, uh, let's get to the actual episode. So, Enemy Within, what did you think? I thought it was 
intriguing. Um, you said this was like a psych, a psych. It's a it's a psychological thriller episode. I mean, I didn't really feel like it was like a psychological thing. Like I don't know. I mean, <coughs> I know like it could be a lot deeper than how it was. I don't know. I mean, like I understand what they were going for. Like, hey, you can't survive without this, that, and the third. But I don't know. It was just it was just really weird how they played it out and did everything. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I, I will say. So the the meaning of this episode is kind of like every person has a dark side, um, and that dark side is needed sometimes to make decisions. But yeah, much to original series fashion, it could have been done much better. And in all honesty, in the future of Star Trek, it will be done much better. And I don't think like yeah, everyone has a dark side, but I don't think it's as aggressive as it was in the show. Like that was a lot. I have to say, like, um, they really need to have a for a warning sign because I wasn't prepared. Well, you have to remember, I, I tried to warn you a little bit about some stuff in this episode. But, but I wasn't prepared for, like, exactly how graphic it was. That's true. And and just as kind of, like, um, a warning to any listeners, what, what do they call it? Um, trigger, trigger warning? Yeah, trigger warning. Just a trigger warning. We are probably going to be talking about uh, sexual assault. Um... We'll put that in the front. Yeah, I'll put that in the description. So make sure you read the description. But hey, this is just a warning because, you know, some bad stuff happens in this episode to people. Uh, it's like real quick too. And it's like one scene. It's but, also not done well. But it, it is like, it, it is like very, um, like this could actually like happen to somebody, like how it's playing out. And it's very like graphic. It, so. It's very much like someone in a position of authority taking advantage of someone. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, honestly, this is a great example of sexual harassment. Yeah. Um, For a show that was filmed in the 60s. In the workplace. In the workplace. Yeah. This should be shown at orientation meetings around the world. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think they would really understand no. that, though. But it is it is a good display of that. I, I will think how Yeoman Rand handles it in the dialogue and the script probably could have been done better in a modern setting. So, hey, who knows? Maybe we'll have a modern episode of Star Trek and Strange New Worlds where another transporter clone incident happens and we get a second shot at this, which is what Strange New Worlds is probably going to be, a second shot at everything good about TOS. I do have to say, like, I um, I do like that how they, like, actually took into her concerns and they were listening to her about what was happening, even though it wasn't actually him. But they were like, no, you're lying. This couldn't have been him. But no, it was him. Well, only Kirk was like, it wasn't me. Which it wasn't him. No, and so he was right. Um, so good Kirk. But like, yeah, obviously when you watch the episode, you'll be like, yeah, oh my gosh, that actually is not him. But like, this happens a lot in the workplace. Like, when they're like, yeah, that wasn't actually me. When there's no way that you actually have a cloneness of yourself that just harassed somebody. Yeah. So... With that little description of the episode and some blurbs, let's go on to your questions. Okay. Um, well, actually, one of my questions that I didn't write that I forgot about until you actually said it in the beginning, mm -hmm. they never brought up the dude that was in the yellow that got injured. Which guy? The first guy that was bleeding on his hand. Yeah, they did. They never brought him back up again. Yeah, they did. When? Remember when, when Kirk is leaving Rand's quarter, or, or the door opens and the guy runs past and, like, stops to help her? Oh, that's that dude? That's that dude. I thought that was a different dude. No, that's the same dude. Okay, but, like, what I was thinking, like, I thought, how I thought they were going to go into it was, like, the yellow stuff on him 
like cause a trans what was it called the transporter the transporter well that's that's what happened it, that is that is what so that's I, why it broke down yeah so but that, they never talk about no that. but the yellow it's always been my assumption that the yellow ore on his uniform because it's magnetic is what messed up the transporter and in future transporter clone episodes there's always some kind of magnetic ore or magnetic storm that causes the the cloning do they not like analyze it that's on him they just say, like, burn your clothes or whatever. Like, get rid of your clothes. Say sanitize your, your uniform. But they don't analyze what it well, is. I hate to say this, but that was his job because he was a geological technician. So he was down there to get geological so he samples. So did, he did a shitty job. Yeah, I'm sure in the future when, they, when Starfleet, if Starfleet revisited this planet to harvest more orange puppies, um, that, uh, what you call it, that, uh, you know they will be more cautious with that or or they'll take shuttles down but for for right now no they don't go into that because the main focus is on uh transporter clone kirk and and good kirk uh and their little escapades on the enterprise okay um okay so then my first is not even really still a question but that poor dog, like, oh God. that costume, like, I know it's supposed to be, quote-unquote, an alien dog, but that was, like, a really horrible, like, horribly made costume, and, like, that must have been a great dog. I hope he got a lot of treats. I wonder if that dog has, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, while we ask your question. And, like, what kind of dog is that? It had to be something small, um... Probably smaller than our dog Jasper. Well, yeah. And he, like, they must have trained him. Like, I know most of the time when they bring animals onto productions, they're pretty, like, well-trained anyway. But he was a great dog. He took the show, like, and it wasn't like he just came on one time. He came on multiple times. He was getting his money. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, I hope that was, like, a famous Hollywood dog. He's probably dead by now. Oh, I mean, this was 50 years ago. That dog is 100% <laughs> dead. I hope he got buried in like, a, in like a nice pet cemetery for Hollywood stars, though, you know? I don't think they have that. I'm pretty sure they do. Like, you know, the cat from like Oscar and Milo or like the dog from Beethoven or um, Mr. Ed the horse. I'm sure they're all buried together in some nice pet cemetery. That's kind of creepy. What? Having a pet cemetery. Have you ever seen the movie Pet Cemetery? No, because it looks weird. It is, but fun fact, there's an actress from Star Trek in it, Denise Crosby. Wow, there's an actor from Star Trek in everything. It's true, but uh, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, we'll talk more about the dog later, I'm sure. And I, I can see on your notes, your next question is WTF, orange, what is it? No, it says, <laughs> don't even try to read my handwriting. Yeah, mine's as bad as yours. <laughs> Um, it says WTF the captain is being really weird. So like <laughs> the um the evil captain, he just comes on and his back is turned and like so no one's in the room because they took the actual captain to go get checked because he was being he was dizzy. And so then like the evil one comes up a few minutes later and his back is towards like the camera and it zooms in, he flips around and it's super close to his face, like He's like, it's just so weird. I don't even know how to describe it. And then he has, he's rocking mega guy liner. Yeah, the, the guy liner is a weird addition. I guess they had to do something. Because, like, if this episode was filmed today, you wouldn't have seen the transporter clone beam in. And you would have figured it out through the dog, probably. And it would have been, like, this really cool mystery of why is Captain Kirk acting crazy. But, no, in, in the 60s, they have to show us what's going on and explain it. But they have to be, like, so dramatic with the, like, with the, um, camera zooms in. 
Like, they always just seem to, like, zoom in real fast to the person and then zoom back out. Yeah, I, I noticed that, too. That's a common, like, 60s kind of camera trick. What's your, uh, what's your next question? Sorry, I spaced for a second. It's okay, <laughs> just don't, don't address it, because we can just edit it out, so hang on. What's your next question? My next question is, uh, ooh, I, I don't even know where I was going with that. Oh, you, you told me to write down, fix, they fixed it. The music. Yes. So my theory <laughs> from last week um, about CBS and Paramount fixing the original series opening credits has been fixed. Now, I haven't gone back and checked the other episodes we've watched to see if it's fixed on every single one. But so far, it's fixed. So we have the proper intro and outro now, which makes me happy. Just because I'm, I'm very, <laughs> very much a fan of the original music uh, and the original opening. And, you know, it's so famous and, like... Man, I don't understand how a major streaming company can upload the worst version of your episodes when, like, like The Next Generation, I'm, like, 90% sure the version of Next Generation they have on Paramount Plus are not the remastered episodes. I'll and, take your word for it. And that <laughs> bugs me so much because that caught, had to have cost so much money to remaster seven seasons of TV. I feel like they probably had the money to do it, though. No, because they haven't remastered the other Star Trek shows because nobody bought the TNG DVDs, I think. So, like, you know, and they remastered the TOS because you can kind of tell from the effects that those aren't 60s effects. Is that what you were talking about when I said, like, near the end that it glitched a bit? Like, Yeah, there's a scene where Kirk jumps down and there's a little bit of an editing error, and I'm pretty sure that's from the remaster. That's not from the original. Oh, well, it might be from the original episode. Because after that happened, it also seemed like it was brighter. Yeah, I noticed that too. See, I know about film and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing, Star Trek remasters. And I, I hope, you know, I'm a big proponent of let's remaster Voyager and Deep Space Nine. Because out of all the Star Treks, I feel Deep Space Nine needs it the most. Because it looks horrible on streaming services, on bigger TVs and monitors and stuff. So I, if I had to say anything, I really, really hope that it gets fixed. Okay. Um... My next question is, okay, so the the dude that was in yellow who, like, he basically caused it to um, malfunction. Yeah. Why wasn't there, like, another clone of him? It's because, like, he's the cause of it. Yeah, if I had to guess, it would be because of, uh, whatchamacallit, um, whatever stuff is on him, it, like, caused the transporter error. And then it didn't start taking effect until they started beaming up other people. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. My next question is... Oh, okay. So the machine that the doctor was using to clean his hand? Like, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> oh, it's literally like a Windex spray bottle. No, with... before the Windex. Like, he had, like, some type of hand machine thing in his... No, he had just a rag. That was a rag? It was just a... He was cleaning of a rag and Windex. Okay, because, like, I looked away for a second, and I looked back, and I saw him, like... I don't know. It looked like some, like... It looked like a handheld vacuum or something. And then, like, it, I saw, like, it looked like Windex. I was like, I don't think you're supposed to spray the wounds, but okay, I guess you're a doctor. 
Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, the medical technology on Star Trek will get a little more advanced than the original series. Eventually, instead of spray bottles, they'll have what's called hyposprays, which are basically like needle injections without needles. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's weird now, but I guess in the 60s, spray-on medicine made sense. <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty cool, though, you know? Yeah. Update on my search for any information on this dog. I, um, I, I cannot... Oh, okay, I finally found it. Um, I, I, it just says that two identical-looking dogs were found to play the alien animal. So that's, that's it. That's it? That's it. They <laughs> did, I mean, what? <laughs> yeah. So, were they at least related? I don't know. It, uh, it does not say any information on Memory Alpha. Memory Alpha is the Wikipedia for Star Trek. Okay. Um, it doesn't say anything about the dog's name. It just literally what says... What about what type of breed it is? No, it doesn't even say that. It just says... <laughs> it doesn't give anything about this dog. All it like, says we don't is, care. Uh, two identical-looking dogs were found to play the alien animal. The idea that it be a Terran dog having been dropped. That's so rude. Yeah. So I guess originally it was supposed to be, like, a regular dog. And then they kill it. Yeah. Which is That's weird. That's so rude. You want some good dog news, though? Is it about our dog? No. Aw. Uh, our dog's pretty great, though. Um, I'll tell you, there's a main dog character in Enterprise. So when we get to Enterprise, there's Porthos, who is a beagle, and he's cute. He's in almost every episode. Yeah, I know, because you want to, this is why you originally want to have a beagle, and then you want to name that dog... Porthos. Porthos? Porthos. Yeah. It's one of the three, or three musketeers. And I was like, we're not going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, so Porthos is the best dog character, closely followed by this poor dog. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, my next question would be... I guess it kind of answers itself, but I wrote down, like, why does he want to drink so bad? And I guess it's because, like, he's supposed to be, like, a bad guy, and he just needs to drink. But, like, I don't know. He was so aggressive about it. And I guess, like, okay, I think I also maybe wrote this down. Um, Yeah, it was actually my next question, like, after this one. But I was, like, I guess he was slowly getting, since he was slowly getting the captain's memories, that he kind of already knew where everything was. So that's why I was, I was, cause I was like, how does he know where, um, sick bay is and how does he know where everybody's at? And I guess like, like they said, like he was slowly getting the captain's memory. Well, I guess he already had the captain's memory. So I'm guessing like this, well, every transporter clone who we will meet from here on out always is just like the version of the character from, uh, the time they were transported. So, yeah, yeah, the transporter clone we'll meet in the future. Like, William T. Riker will have a transporter clone. Boimler and and Lower Decks will have a transporter clone. All of these transporter clones are always, like, the Boimler or the Riker from the moment they were transported left wherever they were. So they have all the memories of that person from before uh, that point. And then they become a new person. Now, in the case of the two transporter clones we're going to meet in the future, Mm -hmm. they're not evil so to say they're people um they're just slightly different from the people they are now i don't know about that because boimler's clone seems a little evil i'm not a fan of boimler's clone do you remember that he kind of just seems more like so (laughs) i mean i like i like boimler 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 bradward boimler yes um but he obviously seems like a mega nerd and like his clone seems to be like really popular yeah so like it's like 
Boimler kept everything normal about him, and then his clone got his coolness, I guess. So, yeah. And then, like, in the case of um, uh, Thaddeus Riker, who, or Thad Riker, Thaddeus, I, I, don't, I don't remember the name that Riker, Riker's clone goes with. He is literally just Riker who was left on a planet for a couple of years, so he's a little jaded. But he goes on to serve in Starfleet until he becomes a terrorist. So, but that's that's for a future discussion in a future episode. But yeah, so whenever we meet transporter clones in the future, they're not going to be pure evil. But in this particular case, it, it literally just split Kirk into two halves of his personality. But did they like in in the other times that this happened to other people? Did they have to like <laughs> uh, kind of like um, re uh, merge? There we go. I was like, what's that word? No. Both both of the future cases. Oh, I can't say that actually. There is an episode we're gonna get to. It's it's the most debated episode in Star Trek, where two characters get fused into one being and they become an entirely new person. How? Um, it, it's weird Star Trek science. Through the transporter, they become one being, also with a flower. It's it's the two characters and a flower. They all get merged into one person. What do you mean person. a flower? Like an actual flower? Like an actual flower gets caught up in the in the mixture of their How DNA. Does that who knows it's star trek don't question it but but like that episode is the biggest moral question because at the end of the episode the captain has to decide if she's going to person to uh be merged or to be demerged back into the two crew members so she can have her tactical officer and her cook back or if she's going to allow this new life form to continue to exist and i'll tell you it, the ending is the most like it will make you literally question this captain for the continuation of the series. I'm questioning it now. Yeah, it's it's a great episode. It's called Tuvix. We're going to get there. It's called Tuvix because it's a fusion of Tuvok and Neelix, the two characters. That sounds really dumb. I'm yeah. not going to lie. So we're going to we're gonna get there uh, in Voyager. That's one of my favorite episodes of Voyager, and it's definitely going to be in our rewatch, um, just so we can continue the transporter incident episode arc oh my gosh um so yeah what's your next question my well okay okay so we kind of already kind of talked about it and it was like why was it so violent which was like the assault yeah so i really feel like the in this episode in particular they were just trying to show that like our kirk or like I, I guess it's not even our kirk i don't think either of these kirks are the regular captain kirk i truly believe that one is the the meek uh, compassionate side of his personality, and the other is the brash Douche. douchebag side of his personality, demerged. So I really feel like Meek Kirk had to be shown to be weak and not able to make command because back then men had to have this bravado of being ultra manly, and Kirk is always depicted as the ultimate man. Um, you know, he'll constantly take his shirt off, as you noticed in this episode. Yeah. He'll constantly fight the enemy, he constantly gets the girl. He never has, like, moments of weakness and so he had to show a moment of weakness here um and that's what spock even kind of reinforces that by saying like you can't be weak in front of the crew because you lose command that way but i mean like they they could have still shown that that version of of um kirk is like quote-unquote manly or trying to be manly because that's not really being manly like manhandling no that's not somebody. manly at all that's... and they didn't have to make it so like violent i guess like yeah they could have just had him like forcefully try to kiss her and then she maybe like slapped him or something and got away but he was like like i guess it's really aggressive there's no other word other than to say it because like he shoved her onto the floor and like was just pushing her around like forcefully grabbed her it was i wasn't ready like he just came out nowhere and just grabbed her and i was i was even like oh my gosh 
Yeah, and I think that was literally just to show how evil he was. And I, I feel like this episode, this well, this episode premise could be done very well today. Um, but in the 60s, it was done well. It just probably wasn't where it could have been. What was his rating? What was the rating of this? Yeah. PG, I think. This is not PG. It's 60s PG. Probably PG-13, actually. I'm like, no child should this, really watch that. This might be before the rating system existed. So not rating an R? No, it won't be an R, but, you know, it, it's not... Like, probably, it's probably PG-13 more than anything. Oh my gosh. It was just a lot. I yeah. wasn't ready. I don't like it. That was my only thing I really don't like. Gotcha. Well, yeah. what's your next question? My next question was, um... Oh yeah, why did he, like... <laughs> okay, so, one, when, after, like, the other Kirk went into, um, the elevator? That's what I'm gonna say. I know it's not an elevator, but... The turbo lift. Yeah, whatever. It's like an elevator, just go yeah. sideways. But, like, did he, like... Just shoved his hand right in front of the camera that was injured. And then, like, he went into, like, a someone's bedroom or something, and then he licked it. Yeah. He went into his, so he went into Captain's quarters, and he, like, started, I guess he was trying to, like, stop the blood flow. But there's other ways to do that. Yeah. So it was just, I guess it was just gross and weird, but I guess he was, like, it was supposed to show, like, he's trying to stop the bleeding. And I know, like, obviously he's not really injured, but that didn't look anywhere close to blood. No, it's the 60s. Again, you can't fault them, like, makeup stuff, because it's the 60s. <laughs> like. <laughs> They're trying, you know? At least it's not, like, super bad. I know, and, like, I know it's 60s, and I know it's a different time, but I'm always going to comment on it, because it just looks funny. Yeah. No, it, it was weird. Uh, my next question was, oh, it wasn't even really a question. I was just saying, like, he kind of has, like, a comfort dog alien because yeah. it was so cute. He was just walking around with the dog like, ah. Oh. And then he got so emotional whenever the dog died. He was like, I don't want to make sure you don't hurt the dog. And then they killed the dog. Yeah. But, but yeah, Kirk and the dog. Kirk needs a dog. Kirk needs a pet. Kirk is, uh, well, no, he, Kirk, Picard. He's too busy. Had, Picard has his fish. Archer had his dog. He's a fish? Yeah, Picard has fish. He has a lionfish. What about the dog? The the dog is Archer's. No, the dog that he named um uh what is what is Spock's title? Number one? Yeah. Oh yeah, so Picard when he retires from Starfleet will have a dog named number one. Okay. He's a pit bull. He's a pity. But, I know. Um, he's so cute. He is. Uh, and he was in season two, and I'm so glad, because apparently he was hard to film with on season one. Why? He just it, It's not a, It's not an acting dog. It's not a Hollywood dog. It's literally a rescue dog from a pit bull rescue uh-huh. that they brought into the set. But they didn't train him real quick? Well, they tried, but apparently he just didn't take the training, so he was just <laughs> going nuts on the set. But apparently, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart is a huge proponent of pit bulls. Uh, he has a pit bull himself, and he rescues pit bull all the time. He didn't want to use his own pit bull? Well, he couldn't, because they're filming in California, and he's from England. Oh. So I don't think he brought his dog with him. But... I mean, who who knows? Yeah. You know, extra money for him, because he's using his own dog. That's true. But yeah, no. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So pit bulls are cool. Uh, and dogs, I mean, and Data will have a cat. Data has a cat named Spot. Right. I We always talk about Spot. We love Spot. Um, who else has a pet that I can think of? Um... I think that's it. I think no one else in Star Trek really has a pet. No one else matters. Well, there are other people that matter, but yeah, no one no one else really has a pet. I want someone to have a hamster. I think Captain Rios and Picard should have a hamster. That's really random. I know, but somebody it's a there's a show a, a game called Mass Effect where the captain has a hamster. So I I think hamsters are the perfect space animal. You know what's funny about that too? This is kind of a little bit um not relevant. 
But one of my kids today was like, I really want a hamster. <laughs> For preference, she's a she's a school teacher. So anyway, uh, but yeah, so pets in Star Trek, that's something that'll continue. And I think it's cool that, you know, the captain can have a pet on board the ship. But right now, it's a pure military vessel, and it's not going to be like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, TNG, the ship they're on in TNG is basically a flying space mall. Okay. Like... Uh, they put it perfectly in, in Lower Decks where they're like, there was a, a full orchestra concerto every five minutes and uh, 18 kindergartens and stuff like that. It's literally like a flying suburb. So, but yeah. So anyway, pets are cool. The Enterprise D was a flying space mall. <laughs> What's your next question? My next question, um, again, it's kind of not really a question, but it was what you were saying that Spock was telling the captain that like, hey, you you can't show weakness because it's like you're supposed to be in charge, blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, I don't know because I feel like it's not really showing weakness. I feel like you're showing that, hey, yes, I mean I am the captain and I do need to take charge and I'm here to like help and provide and make sure you guys all are safe, but I am human, and it's nice to show that, hey, I do have emotions, I do, um, I can relate to you guys. So, I think if you're able to own up and admit that, hey, not obviously not all the time because you are the captain, but, like, if you can admit to something that, like, you have no power over, like, hey, I made a mistake. It's, he didn't even make a mistake. This has happened out of nowhere. It wasn't even his fault. So, if you can admit that, that's fine. It shows people that, like, hey... Like, I don't know, like, you know, little kids always look up to people and sometimes they think like, oh my gosh, these people are all like, I can never amount to them because they're amazing. But like, if they make a mistake too, be like, oh my gosh, they made a mistake. I made that same mistake. That's okay. No, yeah. Uh, I think that's something future captains will get very well. Uh, Picard is very good at being, well, season three onward, Picard is very good at being empathetic with his crew. Um, Janeway has no real choice but to be empathetic with her crew because she is stuck uh, with that crew and those are really her only companions that she'll have for a very long time. Cisco is amazingly empathetic with his crew. Cisco is beyond the best captain because Cisco is not only the, the best at showing emotion with his crew and his family, but you know, yeah. And then Archer is also pretty good, but Archer is very much a Kirk. Um, and then the other captains in the future will also be, you know, better at expressing emotions to their crew. Michael Burnham is, is literally the mother of her crew, and she's just so amazing. And I can't wait for you to meet Michael Burnham. Oh, my God, Discovery is so good. Is that the one with the, the, the black captain? The, the black the, the lady women, captain. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, Cisco is also black. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cisco, Cisco is the, is, he's a father. Um, his son is the main character in the show. Cisco is, is just a great captain. Michael Burnham is an amazing captain. Um, and I can't wait to meet whoever the next captain is because I, I get a feeling we're about to have another mainline Star Trek show with a, a ship that's not just Discovery. Um, and I'm hoping it's the Stargazer show of Rios because Rios is also an amazing character. And I really hope uh, Cristobal Rios becomes like the head of his own show because no one deserves it more than him isn't there an asian captain um very briefly in discovery philippa Giorgio, but uh we'll find out about philippa Giorgio when we get to discovery okay um i'm sure she was very tasty for those klingons <laughs> okay whatever that means um 
My next question is, how was it possible for him to, uh, to, to take his memories exactly, really? And then it seemed like, even though they, they were saying multiple times, like, they can't live without one another, but, like, it seemed like the evil Kurt was getting stronger than the other one. Yeah, I think with the memories, it's literally he was just a perfect copy. So, like, his brain was perfectly copied, so all the memories were in there. And then with the getting weaker, it's probably just, like, the body wasn't perfectly transported, so it was missing something that it needed to go on genetically. Uh-huh. Um, which is something that can happen with the transporter. There are some books that aren't canon, but there's a whole thing about how the transporter was literally beaming back people when it was first invented without parts of their genetic code or something. And it wasn't discovered until, like, 12 years after transporter use was, regular, like, regularized. And so, like, a bunch of Starfleet officers were infertile. Okay. Like, uh, Reed and Archer from Enterprise were both rendered infertile because of the transporter. But that's that's in a book. That's not canon. <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk about the books. Okay. But that's just, it just came to mind when thinking about the transporter. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um... My next one is, why was he acting so weird? Like, he would always just be... Like, did you notice his voice was kind of, like, like I don't know, pinched or something? That was probably just an acting technique to make it seem like the two were completely different. Uh-huh. So, like, Meek Kirk was very quiet. Other Kirk was screaming and crazy. So I'm pretty sure that's just a performance thing. Where yeah, because he, he just kept going over and over, like, this is my ship. I'm the captain. Yeah, it's just a performance thing there. Okay. <laughs> I noticed... Which I'm probably right, I don't know, but for the transporter, <laughs> they're literally just, like, pushing buttons, and, like, there's this, there's this music in the background that's just pushing buttons. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how it all be. It's just, you know, it's like any technology. It's like I could pause and start this recording by pushing my space bar. I mean, that's, it's literally just technology. But it's just so funny, like, watching them do it. I, like I their, don't know. I like their little sliders where, like, they push it up, and then Scotty, this episode, Scotty slowly pulls them back, gets them halfway, and then pauses, and he, like, waits for a second, and then just pulls them all the way right, back. Right, I'm like, they're so aggressive with it. I was like, eesh, no one in the future will ever do that. They're that's gonna break it. 100% this is Scotty's fault. Scotty was trying to beam them back too quick or something. He messed up the I know, that's why I was like, wait, like, did he, like, was he, like, going too fast or something? Yeah, maybe who knows, maybe this is all Scotty's fault. Ooh. This was the first episode where Scotty was like a major character too. I was kind of happy to see him. In the future, we'll we'll hang out with Scotty a lot, but like for right now, like he's just a background character. Uhura was only like a voiceover in the background. <laughs> okay, and my uh, my last one is it's again not really a question, but Spock was totally like teasing. Um, what? Rand? Yeah. Yeah, I, when I was early in this episode where I was looking up stuff about the dog, I saw Grace Lee Whitney, who played Yeoman Rand, was not happy with that. And I wasn't. I thought it was it was mean. Like, it was... And she just got assaulted. Yeah, and Spock is really like the captain. The other captain had some good traits, huh? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, Spock. I mean, I know what he was trying to do. I know he was trying to, like, implicate, like, hey, we know you like the captain. That's why, like, maybe at first, like, yeah. you liked him. But, I, like, he keeps saying, like, he doesn't understand. So, um. It makes me so sad. Because I, I haven't rewatched TOS in forever. But, like, Rand gets such a bad role in these episodes, and she'll, I, I think I've mentioned before, she's going to leave the show at the end of the first season. And she's not going to come back until the movies, and in the movies, 
she's gonna be like uh, they'll be like going through space dock and they'll cut to her like watching the enterprise come in and like waving or reacting to them coming in and then in the very last uh star trek the original series episode our movie she is sulu's first officer on his ship so all in all rand comes out on top a little bit um and she serves with sulu on the excelsior uh, and I, I hope, I, I really hope she became a captain of her own ship, or she took over the Excelsior when Sulu retired. I don't retired. think she wants to be a captain. She, well, she becomes a, a commander. So I, I really hope that, that the character of Yeoman Rand um, just is Starfleet royalty. I hope, I hope she went on to be an admiral or, like, head of Starfleet Academy. Something, something good. Because that character deserves so much more. And, like... I'm so sad watching these episodes because I love Yeoman Rand. And, like, I really wish, you know, stuff was better. But, yeah. So that's the end of your questions. Oh, I remembered what that word said. Oh, okay. So hang on. So you have one more question. Yes. Okay. So when, um, okay, so when they were trying to help the captain decide, like, what to do uh, about either uh, cloning, not cloning, but, going, um... Going back together? Yeah, going back together or, like, uh... Or waiting for the autopsy of the dog. Like, how Spock was kind of just, like, throwing everything out and he was kind of like, oh, like, I'm sorry. Like, if this seems, uh, not nice, then it's who I am. But no! Like, you could be so much nicer about it, though. Well, that's not what he was saying. He was saying if he's not emotional about the situation, it's because that's who he is. Because Vulcans don't uh, uh, like accept their emotions; they suppress them. I mean, yes, but like you know that the people, especially your captain, is human. So like, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad you're expressing who you are, but like, he's losing his ability to make a decision. You could be nicer. And that's something Spock will struggle with in the future. The whole story of Spock is that Spock kind of has to. Well, it starts out, the story is he has to choose which side of himself to embrace, but by the movies, he learns that he can, he, the two sides of him can coexist. And so Spock becomes a much better character, um, well, not character, but a much better person, and a much better uh, human being. Um, he's not human. Well, he's half human. He becomes, he becomes a better person by accepting who he is. And that takes him forever. Um, uh, and yeah, you know, yeah. 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 But hey, those were your questions. Thank yep. you for your questions, baby. You're welcome, baby. Um, I got some questions for you. So you've already told me what you thought of the episode. Okay. Who was your favorite character? Uh, my favorite character... I don't know. I don't really have one. Like, the captain was kind of a butt face. Um, Spock was kind of a butt face. Um, we didn't really see much of the doctor... Um, what was that lady's name again? Yeoman Rand? Y yeah. Yeoman was... Well, Janice. Yeoman, ja Yeoman's yeah. <laughs> Janice. Um, I mean, good for her for protecting herself. I, I guess she would be my favorite character because she she stood up for herself. Get it, girl. Yeah. So I love a strong woman. Yeah, Yoan Rand, good character this episode. I like Sulu in this episode. Despite, I was thinking about him too. Despite almost freezing to death, <laughs> the man cuts jokes and tries to survive. And he makes it through this episode. And I know, I was like, it's either going to be her or it's going to be Sulu. Poor Sulu. Yeah, poor Sulu. God, <laughs> Sulu's shuttlecraft. You have shuttlecraft. Go, go get him. 
Like, we were like, are they just gonna leave him? He has to die. And Sam was like, no, because he's in the other episodes. I'm like, he's he's in the movies. Like... They just, they, and I was like, maybe he just dies and he, they bring him back and they don't talk about it. Just like in Lower Decks, that dude dies and they don't talk oh, about it. Yeah. yeah, we don't talk about Shax. We don't talk about Shax. Shax exploded and somehow came back. Maybe that's a transporter clone. Ooh. I think they say that. I think they say it's a transporter clone. Uh, I still think that's mirror universe Shax, but we'll find out in Lower Decks. Yeah. Um, but hey, that's kind of our episode. I feel like that's everything. I love this episode. You're supposed I, to rate me. Um. Rate? What do you mean? The show. Rate the show? Ask me what I rate the show. What do you... I, well, I don't think I've ever asked you that before. Is that something like, I don't really you ask asked you? You asked me that, I think, like, once. Oh, well, what do you rate this episode? Out, out of... I do ask you, so... Oh, I know you're talking about now. So, out of every episode we watched, all all five of them now, um, which one is your favorite episode? Um, I would probably still have to say um, Mud's Woman. Really? Yeah. You I, thought this was going to be my favorite. I really thought this would take the, the top spot. I just don't like that one scene. Y- yeah, no, I get that. Um, no, yeah, no, I can understand that. And again. then, like, at, I mean, oh, the ending, I mean, I under, like I said, I understand the message, but just how they did the ending, it was kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah, how they just leave? How, yeah, like, well, not even that part. Like, just, like, how, I guess, like, they finally merged back together and all of that. Like, I felt like they were just kind of dragging on for they could have something for the last, like, five minutes that wasn't really necessary. Like, they could have easily just made him, like, feel weak, too, and they just went and merged back. But they had to have a whole show in the, um, in the, uh, cap, what is that? In, in, in Bay? Some, what bay? The medical bay? No, not medical bay. The captain's quarter? Bridge. In the bridge. bridge. The command center of the ship, the bridge. Yeah, like, they just had to have a whole scene play out in the bridge, and they really didn't need to. Uh, but hey, you know what? Let's wrap it up here. We're Love at First Contact. Uh, thank you for listening. Hey there, Sam here, beaming in from the editing room. I uh, just wanted to say I lost the end of this episode, but as I was about to say, you can find us at Twitter at love at first four underscore five that's love at first four underscore five why four five that's first contact day we post photos of our pets uh give you episode updates and all kinds of fun stuff so if you're interested in following along on our journey head over there and give us a follow we'll be back next week with the great episode the naked time that's right it's naked time um anyway one of the silliest episodes of tos very excited to watch it with safai as of this editing which I'm doing the Saturday before the episode comes out. Uh, we have not watched yet, but we'll get to it probably tomorrow. Anyway, have a great week, all of you, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>